episode 62 of the Healthier Life Through Menopause podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the show. I hope you're doing well today. In today's episode, I'm talking with the lovely Andrea Newton about the often overlooked connection between menopause and mental health. We're recording this in October, which is both Mental Health Awareness Month and Menopause Awareness Month. But despite sharing their own special month, sadly, not many doctors are trained to spot that the sometimes quite severe struggles with mental health that women go through can actually be linked to symptoms of perimenopause. Andrea is on a mission to change that and she shares her very powerful story which does include how she herself reached rock bottom to such an extent that she had thoughts of taking her own life. So I do want to give you a heads up about that in case the mention of suicidal thoughts and mental health is triggering to some listeners. Before I introduce Andrea to you, don't forget to sign up to join the Healthier Life Club if you haven't already. This is a fantastic opportunity to dip your toe into getting some health coaching for only £9.99 a month. The Healthier Life Club is a safe and supportive place for like-minded women and you get two group coaching sessions with me per month plus a whole load of weekly challenges, tips, recipes and more. Rosie, one of our members, says, I love being part of the Healthier Life Club. Catherine gives great ideas about nutrition and fitness. It's great being part of a group so you have some accountability and the recipes are really helpful too. So sign up for £9.99 and check it out. You can unsubscribe at any time. So really, what have you got to lose? You can find out more by heading to katherineshelton.com forward slash club. That's katherineshelton.com forward slash club. And you'll find the sign up link there as well as lots more information about what the club is about. We can't wait to have you join us. So let me introduce you to Andrea Newton. Andrea is a speaker, trainer and soon to be published author whose own menopause experience almost ended her life. Following a challenging couple of years with the end of her marriage, she struggled with her mental health but knew that there was something else going on that was making matters worse. Several visits to the GP and a multitude of therapies and medications followed, but she knew that there was something more to it as she was just not getting any better. In fact, as time went on, her low mood and feeling of overwhelm got worse. Eventually, Andrea got to the point where she made a plan to end her life. Her GP didn't seem to be able to help her and it is only now that she realises that she was presenting in his blind spot. GPs are not routinely trained in perimenopause or suicide prevention and she was firmly caught up with the two conditions. Feeling desperate, hopeless and like a burden to those around her, she set out to end it all. But thankfully, had a strong tribe around her who kept her alive with their support until she could get the help she needed. Andrea is a woman on a mission to share her story so that others don't find themselves rooting around at rock bottom or peering over the edge as she was. And her new book, with the wonderful title, Could It Be Your Hormones Love? and Other Questions Not to Ask a Menopausal Woman, is written with men in mind. Andrea believes that we all need someone on side in times when we might feel overwhelmed by the world, be that a cheerleader, supporter or advocate. 
and she's keen to inform and educate husbands, partners, mates and managers so that women get the support and help that they need both at home and in the workplace. Andrea offers the opportunity of keynote speaking for your conferences or wellbeing events, as well as a range of learning opportunities for managers, HR professionals, health and safety specialists, and even mental health first aiders, so that women are able to ask for and get the help that they need. So just a disclaimer as always, this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. If any of what Andrea is saying really strongly resonates with you, then please always seek help from your doctor or other medical professional. Okay, without any further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hi, and welcome to the Healthier Life Through Menopause podcast, a show where we talk all things perimenopause so that you can be informed and empowered with great tips and strategies to help you live a healthier life through menopause and beyond. Whether or not you choose to take HRT, I believe there's so much more we can do to support our health and well-being through our diet and lifestyle. And that it's when we're intentional about our health that we can find the energy, balance and joy that we need in order to flourish in a life we love. If you're looking to find ways to navigate your way through perimenopause with calmness and confidence, then you're in the right place. I'm Catherine Shelton. Let's get started. Andrea Newton, welcome to the Healthier Life Through Menopause podcast. Thank you very much indeed. It's lovely to be here. It's so great to have you. Uh, Just to start with, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from? Yeah, sure. My name's Andrea Newton and I live up in the northwest of England, not far from Liverpool. Um, And for the last 24 years, I've been self-employed, working as a speaker, trainer, coach in the corporate world. Wow. What kind of things corporately, if if I dare ask? (laughs) Um, Working with lots of leaders and managers across all different industries, from television through to the NHS. And the main focus of my work has been around helping organisations create cultures where honest conversations can happen. So really helping people to have um, the confidence and the skill to have the more challenging conversations that we sometimes do need to have in the workplace. Um, And that actually took me into uh, more recently qualifying in suicide intervention. More and more organisations were talking about issues such as mental health, obviously the menopause, um, and I wanted to be able to add the more sensitive conversations Mm -hmm. to help my managers and leaders really create a place where they could be there for their team members without there being that discomfort so yeah that's that's what I've been doing for the last 24 years oh my days (laughs) gosh that sounds such important work though such an important area to be focusing on so um, that's really amazing. And for those listening, we are actually recording uh, in October 
And October is Menopause Awareness Month, but also um, World Mental Health Day is on the 10th of October as well. So those two areas kind of combine in this month. So mental health and menopause. And Andrea is here to tell us a bit more about her story. So as we were talking before we we hit record, um, often on this podcast, um, a lot of my guests, myself included, talk about menopause very much from kind of nutrition point of view, lifestyle point of view. Um, And Andrea is here to tell us her story more from the kind of mental health side of uh, menopause. So really excited to hear what you have to say, Andrea. So just, yeah, tell us your story. Okay, so um, I guess going back to the beginning, I'd gone through quite a challenging, stressful time um, coming through a very difficult divorce, which had left me feeling, um, as I guess a lot of people can associate with, feeling really run down, really battered. And just not feeling myself, which my GP was putting down to the very stressful time that I just had and reassured me that in time I would feel better and it would be great. But I never got to feel any better. And in fact, had several trips back to the GP where I was given um, more and more higher doses of antidepressants. I was given diazepam, I was given proplanolol, which is for anxiety. And everything that was happening to me was being put down to the stress of a very challenging divorce. And just to give you a sense, it was challenging in the respect that we had the courts involved, the police were involved. It was really messy. So it was fair to see why someone might suggest that it was the, you know, the the aftermath of that that was causing me to feel the way that I felt. But despite the increase in medication and countless appointments with every type of therapy from CBT to tapping, stroking, EMDR, the whole nine yards, I just wasn't getting any better. And there was actually a time where I said to my GP, this isn't depression. It doesn't feel like it. And I know that that sounds ridiculous, but actually now, retrospectively looking back, I think as women, we are quite tuned in with our cycle. You know, we've had typically 40 years to to be living with it. And so I knew that there were definite times and phases where I was in a worse state than others. And I actually asked my GP to do what was then the done thing, which was the blood test to see if I was menopausal. And she did the test and it came back within normal range, which, you know, as we now know, is not what the NICE guidelines suggest. So actually probably didn't tell us an awful lot at that time. And so she was reluctant to do anything about it. But I was 50 years of age. Um, You know, that was my my 50th birthday present was feeling like I was, you know, climbing up a slag heap wearing flip-flops is how I describe it. Um, you know, two steps up, three steps down. Every time I fell, it hurt. But my GP was adamant that this is what it was until I actually got to the stage where my life changed quite dramatically. I was no longer caught up in a really unhappy marriage. I had my own home. I had my own freedom. My business was doing well. Um, Life was lighter and brighter, but I was absolutely on my knees. 
And one day I got to the point where I began to think, why did I bother fighting the way I did through everything that I've gone through? Because if this is how life is, I'm not sure that all that effort and struggle was worth it. And I actually went to see the GP and explained that I was having very intrusive thoughts and I intended to end my life. And actually, what I didn't know was that GPs are not routinely trained in menopausal symptoms and GPs are also not routinely trained in suicide prevention. So for my GP, I was absolutely presenting in their blind spot. It's two areas that there isn't a great deal of time um, spent, certainly, as I'm sure you're aware, through their, their um, training to become a GP. And suicide prevention just isn't something that they typically engage with. So I was in a real mess. Um the amount of medication I was on, I just felt as though I was just dead behind the eyes. There was just nothing. I just got a complete feeling of nothing. And then one day, the slightest thing happened. It was actually a friend who, it was her birthday. And I'd called around to see her for her birthday, flowers and a card, you know, dutiful friend. But I'd called unexpectedly. And she had plans with family and cake and candles and made it clear that, you know, my my visit wasn't anticipated, shall we say. And I actually went away from that thinking that I was the worst person on earth. How dare I? People wouldn't want to be around me. I was so miserable. I was a burden to people. And that was the day that I decided to carry out the plan that I had to end my life. Um, needless to say, I didn't. I'm here. I'm talking to you. But that, for me, is probably the scariest time of my life ever because there was a real internal battle going on. It, it almost felt like a, a magnetic pull. And I really had to do battle with myself to turn right and not turn left. And mm. so I went home phone the GP because um, you can't have a face-to-face -face appointment, heaven forbid, you have to have the telephone consultation, you know, since post-COVID. Um, and he suggested that we start all over again, take away all of my medication and have a little look at what it was like, clean and clear. And in the state I was, I thought, do you know what? I'm just getting nowhere. I felt absolutely powerless. Um, so how long ago was this? This was, let me think, this was three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'd known then what I know now about perimenopause and mm. the impact it can have on mental health and that the statistics show us that a woman going through the perimenopause is actually at seven times greater risk of suicidal thoughts. Seven times. That's a huge statistic. Gosh. And if we look at the statistics from the ONS, the most significant number of deaths by suicide for women is age 45 to 49. Mm. So I wasn't in 
a good place to to put it mildly and phoned a friend of mine who is a nurse and she actually lives down in Kent so she's a good five hours away from me and I said this is what the GP suggested we're going to come off all the meds and I won't use the exact words that she did because there may well be ladies listening Um, but her language suggested that isn't going to happen and she actually got in her car and drove up here because she was convinced, she tells me now, that she was convinced that that weekend um, they would lose me. And she stayed with me that weekend. And I I just remember it. All I can describe it is like, if anybody's ever seen the Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. the Dementors, where yeah. it just sucks the life out mm-hmm. of you and you feel cold and empty and nothing really matters and so we hatched a plan that weekend that I needed to get help because I clearly wasn't going to get the help I needed from my GP and so I paid to have an online private appointment with a menopause expert who very quickly picked up on all my symptoms even just my age was you know I mean at that time I was 52 53 um, and she gave me a prescription for HRT. And actually, I remember her saying to me, you need to see what your GP says. We need to see whether or not they'll prescribe what I'm suggesting. And I was ready for a battle because I was convinced, having spoken to this expert who absolutely knew what she was talking about, I was thinking, oh, my GP's not going to like this. They're going to say, no, this is our plan. This is what we're going to do. But to be honest, Catherine, I think my GP was more relieved than I was when I rocked up with a prescription for a potential solution to what had been going on for me for a couple of years. Mm. Um, And I have to say that literally within a matter of weeks, I was able to be left unsupervised um I was actually able to function normally I could think I could process information um I even prepared to go back to work wow in just a couple of weeks yeah literally just a couple of weeks that's incredible yeah so and obviously as as you know and I know you talk frequently on your podcast it isn't just about the HRT what I've also um done is as I now realise that my mental health is my vulnerability. And actually what research is starting to show is that women who perhaps have struggled with PMDD or postnatal depression or even PMS, where there's been hormonal mood challenges, those women are actually more likely to have mental health challenges um, during perimenopause because the difference between hormonal depression and clinical depression Mm. Which is why I say, if I'd known then what I know now, I probably wouldn't have got to the stage where I went out with the intention of ending my life. Um, But what I also now do is I also do pay particular attention to other um, lifestyle issues, Mm -hmm. even in terms of nutrition, thinking about, you know, brain health, Mm -hmm. recognizing that alcohol um, can exacerbate emotions you know I think everybody's been in the place where they've had one too many sherries and all of a sudden you love everybody Mm -hmm. Um, but equally one too many sherries can also take you down the route of Mm -hmm. nobody loves me everybody Mm -hmm. hates me 
So I know that I have to be careful around other lifestyle factors and I choose to focus on my mental health and keeping it in a good place mm. and, you know, not just relying on the the little patch that I've stuck on my leg, which, by the way, they'll have to remove from my cold, dead leg <laughs> because I will not be giving it up anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> Oh. So yeah, there's there's me. That's that's my story. Um, you know, some women sail through it, no issue. As you know, many women will have symptoms mm. that need attention, but for me, it it almost took my life. Wow, that's such a powerful story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, it's such a, an important message to get out there that you know this is another kind of set of symptoms or you know symptom of the menopause and that women really need to be aware of this so they can spot the warning signs so you said this was about three years ago do you feel that things have changed since then in terms of more awareness around this issue you know you were talking about how your doctor really didn't know very much about either you know menopause or mental health and how to help you do you think things have changed a bit since then um, I'd like to say, oh, yes, things have changed radically and every woman will be guaranteed of getting the help she needs. But sadly, I think you and I both know that that isn't the case. And sadly, many women are misdiagnosed and perhaps given a course of antidepressants. And on occasions, I've certainly come across women who've had similar issues to me Um one lady who was actually married to a GP but ended up in ICU because of the injuries she sustained when she tried to end her life again with menopause at the root. So although we now know more, I think we've still got a long way to go. And I know Dr. Louise Newson, who I know you're very familiar with, she, through the Newson Health um, Clinic, they are actually funding PhD research into hormonal depression at the university in Liverpool. That's really good um, news, yes. So that's a, a three-year PhD, and it's about halfway through now. I'm actually involved um, in the group that's supporting that. And within that group was a gentleman who lost his wife to suicide. Mm -hmm. And there's a lady who, as I say, um, ended up in ICU because of where her menopause symptoms took her. Mm So things are moving in the right direction, um, but I think we're a long way from being sorted, mm. want of a better word. So if there is a someone listening who is kind of identifying a little bit with what you were saying in your story, or maybe that they know someone um, who sounds, you know, like they might be in a similar situation to the one that you were in three years ago, what advice would you give them? in terms of seeking help? I think there's a couple of things that I would suggest. Um, I would say first and foremost, do some research. And I know we recommend that women perhaps use a symptom tracker. Um, I would certainly recommend doing that, but looking specifically at mood fluctuations and whether there are indeed any connections to your mood and to what was perhaps your your normal cycle, if you like, because I certainly could feel that um, for myself. I would also say do some research into 
terms of people like Dr. Louise Newson, have a listen to podcasts. She does a lot of work where um, she talks about a lot of different challenges and symptoms. And she's got a number of um, excellent podcast episodes that look specifically at, at mental health and other such issues. Um, but for me, the biggest piece of advice that I would give to anybody who finds themselves in that situation is get somebody on side. Mm. Yeah. Everybody needs a tribe. <laughs> yes. You know, because sometimes in that situation, it is really difficult to advocate for yourself and really difficult to stand up to a system that just keeps telling you nothing abnormal detected. Mm a system that's got years and years of this is how we deal with depression, for example, that actually still isn't informed and aware and educated enough to recognise that actually certain antidepressants can in fact make menopause symptoms worse. Mm. Some antidepressants actually need, <laughs> are you ready for this? A body that is rich in oestrogen in order to work right <laughs> which is what you don't have when you're menopausal <laughs> and and the analogy that I use is you're literally on occasion throwing medication into into an empty vessel mm. because our body isn't in a position where it can actually you know sort of achieve the full potency that that antidepressant might otherwise provide mm. And, you know, there's a, there's a number of really sad stories of women who they've had lots of different types of antidepressant. They've had lots of different doses of it. They've even had electroconvulsive therapy when their depression seems to have been what they call treatment resistant. Right. And that's why I say you need somebody in your corner. You need somebody on side. You know, I joke about my tribe. I have three women who basically, it was almost like passing a baton in a relay. The three of them kept me alive during that period until I could, you know, sort of get myself back in a good space. And actually my son, uh, my son was fabulous, um, you know, as, as part of that. So my message to everybody is you need somebody on side, whether that is a husband, partner, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, whether it's a colleague at work or even through the occupational health or employee assistance program if your organization has one but find somebody that you can talk to who will be on your side mm. um and I've, I've actually if you don't mind um what I'll mention is I've actually just written a book yes um, do you tell us more about your book yeah my book is is aimed specifically at encouraging men more so to understand more about the menopause um, and I wrote it with my situation in mind recognizing that going up against a system where actually we know there's gender bias when it comes to healthcare you know having somebody to be your cheerleader somebody to say okay so what do we need to do now what did they say do we need to go back again? Because again, statistically, there are a lot of women that have to do at least three appointments before their symptoms are even acknowledged. Um, and so my book, which is called, are you ready? Go on. <laughs> Could it be your hormones, love? <laughs> That's and, such a great title. And other questions not to ask the menopausal woman in your life. <laughs> 
but I actually opened the book by suggesting, you know, that could well be the best question that mm. you might ever ask because, you know, lots of women when their perimenopause symptoms first start, because we connect it so much with periods and reproductive hormones, sometimes we don't notice the things that are happening at a head level. And I know plenty of women who think they've got early onset dementia, Alzheimer's, they think they're losing their mind. And, you know, could it be your hormones, love? Oh, maybe it is. But that question has to be asked in a certain way at a yes. certain time, <laughs> you know, not at three o'clock in the morning when I'm sweating like a marathon exactly. runner wearing a fleece, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So my, yeah. my book is about encouraging those really useful conversations. It's about educating men, whether mm. that man is a husband, partner, line manager, HR professional, health and safety manager, so that they've at least got a better understanding of menopause so that they can have conversations mm. that are supportive and encouraging. Um, and I've also included a chapter in there specifically about if you're supporting a woman in distress, mm. what to do in those cases and, you know, not to just expect that a simple trip to the GP will be the answer to all those problems. Mm. Brilliant. So when did the book come out? It's actually due out on the 2nd of November. 2nd of November. So very soon. Yeah. That's really exciting. So just in time for Christmas. So it's... for all of you to buy a copy for your significant other for Christmas. That's brilliant. So tell me again the, the title of the book. Could It Be Your Hormones, Love? Could It and... Be Your Hormones, Love by Andrea Newton. So check that out. I'm guessing it's wherever books are sold. It's Yeah, you can find that. That's yeah, amazing. What I've also done, Catherine, is produced it as an audio book. Oh, great. Um, thinking about men perhaps commuting, perhaps walking the dog, going out for a run, perhaps when, you know, our men folk are standing at the kitchen sink, peeling the veg for dinner. Absolutely. They could just pop the little earbuds in and nobody need ever know that you're learning about something that actually could indeed, in my case, be life-saving, yeah. life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your forthcoming book release. That's really exciting. So um, are there other ways in which your experience, your story that you shared with us, how has that changed your life now? Are there other things that you're able to do now to help women in similar situations to yours? Yeah, um, I've basically taken my study and my research a little bit further. Obviously, because I was working already in suicide intervention, um, that's been another avenue that I've started to explore. And we know that suicide rarely happens as a result of a one-off event or issue. It's generally a combination of factors, biology, psychology, identity, past life, current life. And if you think about a woman of that certain stage who perhaps the sandwich generation who's leading quite a busy high stress life if you think about those five factors that we know contributes to an increased risk of suicidal thoughts you can see why women of that age certainly are at risk mm -hmm. so the work that I'm now doing um, I'm developing a brand called in her right mind okay which is all about supporting women's mental health through these um, menopausal years and 
as you do, talking about things that we can do for ourselves as well as obviously women who want to and choose to have HRT um, as part of their daily regime. So, yeah, that's that's my offer to the world. I, I made a promise to the universe that if I got through that place, I would use my experience so that no other woman ever had to peer over the edge in, in the way I did. And so in her right mind is my contribution to the world to pay back my debt. Great. So tell us a little bit more about that. So are you working with groups of women or one-on-one or with corporations or how does that take you uh, into the the world in different ways? Okay. So what I actually do, um, more often than not, I'll either be delivering a keynote speech. So perhaps organisations that are having their wellbeing days or organisations that are committed to leadership development and have conferences. Um, obviously, organisations are more and more interested in doing the right thing, not only to retain talent, um, but also to stay out of the tribunal courts, which have been you know, increasing over the last couple of years. So I work a lot with organisations either as a keynote speaker or in delivering um, actual menopause awareness for line managers. I've also helped with mental health first aiders. A lot of organisations these days have MHFAs within the business, but that syllabus doesn't touch on hormonal depression or specifics to perimenopause. So I work adding to the knowledge and understanding those guys have gained in doing the the two-day MHFA. Um, And I also work with the HR team. My background originally was in HR. So HR professionals that want to perhaps put together a menopause policy for their workplace Um, or indeed perhaps train menopause champions so that they've got people on Mm. site who can signpost, advocate and support. So still with a foot in the corporate world, Mm. um, but in a slightly different capacity than I have been for the last 24 years Mm. and genuinely hoping to bring conversations out of the darkness and into the light. Yeah, so you mentioned sort of have helping corporations have policies in place and kind of champions and um, what other areas would you like to see changed um, in in corporations or in society as a whole to help make people more aware of this this kind of situation going on so that they can spot the signs sooner? Um, what kind of changes yeah would you like to see come into I think play? The, I think the changes with regards to GPs. That can't come soon enough for me. Um, I know that from 2024, the university syllabus will um, include menopause as a given. But that means that we've still got another 10 years or so before we've actually got fully qualified, Mm. um, you know, sort of medical professionals in that regard. I think where organisations particularly provide employee assistance programmes, so EAP support, I'd like to see provision within that that specifically does support, um, you know, sort of women going through that that transition in their life. And I think with regards to suicide prevention, I do a lot of work um, across many different sectors, you know, During COVID especially, I was working with people who were volunteers in food banks. I was working with social prescribers at GP surgeries. 
teaching suicide prevention skills and I'd love organizations to take that more seriously than they currently Mm. do Mm. more often than not I get to work in an organization where they've sadly lost an employee to suicide and once that's happened they Mm. then realize that actually you know one in ten of us will have thoughts of suicide at some point in our lives probably a greater risk to the business than the fire marshals that they train because that's a legal requirement Mm. yes that's a good point yeah you know you're more likely to have somebody who's struggling with uh, you know intrusive thoughts Mm. than you are to have to evacuate the building for a fire Mm. but because one is required by law and the other is simply a moral Mm. obligation mm. um we we know that that doesn't happen um to the level or, or frequency that it should so i'd like to narrow the blind spot for both gps and organizations mm. so that people don't fall between the gaps yeah amazing it sounds like you're doing brilliant work andrea so so pleased that you're able to share your message and, and get out there and and um hopefully that no one else will have to go through what you went through Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to share uh, with the listeners today? I think just the the final point that I'd like to make is indeed the importance of tribe and not being afraid to ask for help. Mm. And I know it can be difficult, especially, you know, where mental health is, is concerned. Both mental health and menopause are still, you know, sort of perhaps not as bad as it used to be because obviously we're talking about it more openly but I do still believe that there is a certain stigma that sits around those two subjects and if you're a woman struggling with both and you're feeling isolated you're feeling unsupported you're feeling as though you know life just is overwhelming we have to be prepared to ask for help yeah however we need to stop peddling the mantra But people in distress need to reach out. And as a society, we need to get better at reaching in. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just want to remind people the importance of tribe Mm. and the importance of getting the help that you need. Mm. Thank you. So where can people find you online if they want to connect or find out more about the work that you do? Um. Basically, I'm I'm like a bit of a bad rash, Catherine. I'm all over the place. <laughs> um, for my corporate clients, they could probably find me best on LinkedIn, Andrea Newton, with mm-hmm. two red shoes after my name. Okay. Um, but I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, um, under In Her Right Mind. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear from anybody who has a particular interest in this arena. And obviously, if any organisations are ready to do the right thing, um, to encourage them to give me a call. Um, It'll be a damn sight cheaper to do a bit of work with me than it will be to end up in a tribunal with a £65,000 compensation, I think was the most recent one. Wonderful. Thank you. I'll I'll be sure to put all those links in the show notes um, when this goes live. So thank you so much for talking to us today, Andrea, and sharing your story, your really powerful story. And just, um, yeah, the topic just coincides so brilliantly with October this month, where we're thinking not only about mental health, but also about menopause. And you've shown how those two things are actually more linked than many people are aware of. So thank you so much for that. Um, Have a great rest of your day. And um, thank you for being on the show. No, you're more than very welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. 
Hey, quickly, before you go, if this podcast has helped and inspired you in some way, then please jump over to your podcast provider and leave me an honest review. That way, more people can find this show and be inspired too. I personally read every single review and your feedback is so encouraging to me. The second way you can help get the word out is to take a quick screenshot of this episode or of your review and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Katherine Shelton Coaching and I'll share it right back. Thank you so much. Until next time.